What's good? Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome. How has your first week of the new year been? Genuinely asking. I know that it is all too easy to see people that are out here showing you what their word for the year is, telling you all the beautiful goals that they're going to set out and achieve, and just sharing all their ampedness on the internet, right? And you could feel completely opposite. You could feel like you have no idea what your anchor word or even verses for the year. You have no concept of what season that you're in or what it even is that you would dare step out into. You're still trying to heal from half of the stuff that you walked through in 2023 and you just have lost your get up and go. And you could feel embarrassed about that, even ashamed about that. But instead, (laughs) I'm going to offer a a couple of pieces of, of encouragement that have really dropped into my heart this week in working with a lot of folks one-on-one and really witnessing and getting to be in these beautiful, intimate places with folks that are hard. You know, we don't really see publicly what people go through and we see the outside and, and we see people and they look fine. It looks like they have it all together and we just almost expect that that is what's happening. Of course you're good. Of course it comes easy for you. And we couldn't even imagine the level of what they're dealing with behind the scenes, the silent battles that they're fighting, the massive trauma that they can't even put language or words to, we have no idea. So always be kind. You never have any clue, not really, whatever anybody is walking through. You truly have no idea. And we live in a world that is very cruel, that's very harsh, that's very hateful. And so it's really important that you Stay in your lane, okay? But I'm going to help you today with some words of encouragement before we get started into the actual word for this episode, okay? And if these words minister to you, if this podcast has shown up in your life in a way that has just met you right where you are and spoke straight to your heart, and it's almost felt like it's been reading your mail, my only ask is that you would rate the podcast five stars and Apple Podcasts and leave this heartfelt review about how this podcast has blessed you. That honors me so much. It's such an honor and a privilege to show up and pour out every single week. And sometimes this encouragement is too close to home. Okay, it's coming straight from a lot of (laughs) overcoming and struggle here too. So it's just such an honor to be able to show up every week and pour out real, relevant, Holy Spirit-filled content, teaching, interviews, all of that. And it just blesses me so much to know that you're here and that this is blessing you. So that would be my only ask. If you receive anything here, just pay that forward. It's truly the only way (laughs) that this podcast gets into more hearts and more homes. So rate it five stars, leave a review. When you do, I also send you the God's Vibes Matter 30-day devotional. So head over to julianapage.com slash podcast and put in your information to make sure we can get that to you and share. You can always share this podcast so easily and you have no idea, absolutely no clue what happens when you share a word in season to somebody. It can change their whole world, literally. And God often uses us to do that for people, okay? So get out of the way and let God bless somebody else through you, okay? So first word of encouragement, and I feel like this is so, so powerful. This is something that would have been so helpful to learn earlier, but it is one of those things too that no matter when you learn it, it's hard. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is hard. But the message here is that the trigger is the assignment. So often we're taught not to feel things. We're taught to avoid things. We're taught to run from things. We're taught not to talk about things, especially to even coming from a faith-based perspective. We're taught that our words create worlds, right? Like you will have what you say, but that is not helpful to somebody that actually is a verbal processor, that actually does need to process their pain, okay? So there are times and places and spaces that are safe to do that, but the trigger is the assignment. So if there's something that you intention and position yourself to do in 2024, do not run from your triggers, okay? So here, 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 here words, <laughs> is some support. What you can do when you don't know what to do, okay? So if your new year has been off to a rough start and you have just found yourself beating yourself up, you found yourself already doing those things and entertaining those thoughts that you weren't going to do, right? Like you were going to leave that in 2023. You weren't going to bring it into 2024. That's actually really human, okay? And when you don't know what you want, here's some things that you can do. Look to where you're bored, where you're frustrated. That's a huge place. Where you're lost, where you're stuck, and where you're hurting. These are all places of potential and opportunity. And those are the spaces where life and really God is asking you to release one of your limiting ways. You've gotten too comfortable in this limitation. It's time to let it go. So this could be a thought, this could be a belief, this could be a pattern that is asking you to let go, to open, to see things from a new perspective and ultimately from a full knowledge and awareness and understanding of the truth. This place is a place that does not settle you down, but it actually sets you free, right? If you think about it, God is never going to let you feel comfortable in your destruction. <laughs> he loves you too much. He's going to cause you to get restless, frustrated, irritated, bored. He's not going to let you stay content in a place that he's never curated or designed for you. That's not a loving God, okay? He loves you and he'll meet you where you are, but he loves you so much that he's not going to let you stay there. So we have this tendency to think that our destinies are informed by our dreams or our desires or that we stumble upon the lives that we're meant for because they sound good or they seem good, right? Or we imagine them to feel a certain way or they are the first things maybe that crossed our minds when we first imagined what our futures might be, right? Think about the first time where you were asked, what are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to study? What are you going to be when you grow up? You know, some people are still saying well into their maturity, <laughs> but they're still finding out what they want to do when they grow up, right? But the truth is that destiny is very often brought to our awareness through catalyst moments. If you've read anything about my journey, I write a lot about my most prominent or my really first big catalyst moment this was when I was 10 and I found out that I was adopted because my adoptive mother put me on the phone with my birth mother and said, your mom wants to talk to you. I had no idea. I had no clue. But this moment was a matrix-like slowdown moment where you just get hyper aware of where you're standing and what's happening in your immediate surroundings. You're listening to what's going on. Life just seems to slow down and the questions come what does this all mean? Is this home? Am I safe? 
is like, like, how does my life change? Do I still go to school tomorrow? Like, (laughs) you know, like you're trying to figure it all out. And that's a catalytic moment. Like when you're 10, you don't have a grid for trauma. You don't have an understanding or a language to even articulate what you might be feeling. You don't even know how to communicate your needs. You don't even know how to establish if your needs are being met or not. Like you just don't even have ability, capacity, language, any of that. But what was very clear in that moment was abandonment, betrayal, unworthiness, rejection. Okay? So loud. But I couldn't possibly understand that then. Okay? So that's an example of a catalyst moment. (laughs) This is a pivotal moment where life as you knew it was no longer the same. And it could never go back to the way it was. And then there's mass chaos and confusion about what could be. Okay? So these moments on the surface seem so uncomfortable that we can't wade through them. It's overwhelming, people might say. And what it is, it's pain, it's chaos, and circling thoughts and questions. It just consumes you. And at the root of it all is actually a window. And it's a window into the fact that we are not yet in alignment with the people that we're meant to be. And so we've received our assignment, the trigger is the assignment, okay? So in that moment, strangely enough, I definitely learned how to focus more internally than externally. I also knew that this is big. Like, if this is happening in this way, in this time in my life, like, I have to be here for a reason because this is too crazy for that not to be true. (laughs) Now, I don't understand what that means, Right? It would take me many, many years to figure that out. Right? But that definitely became a trigger now. Like the the message was, I have no home. I am an orphan is basically what the message was. No one loves me. Okay? Now, that sets me up for a very interesting life journey. Right? But that was a trigger. Right? The people who you think are going to be these kind of people are not actually those people. The people that you trust are going to have reasons that are later exposed for why you can't trust them. Okay, all this is unfolding at 10. These became very big triggers. So when we're triggered, here's what has to happen. You first have to become aware of and regulate your nervous system. Okay, and this is becoming more common. But you have to really regulate your nervous system because the state of your nervous system, okay, this colors and informs the way you see life and the world. That makes sense, right? So when you are in any kind of triggered state, you are in heightened emotion, your mind is going a mile a minute, you just feel like a surge of adrenaline in your being, right? That's actually not the moment to do something. (laughs) That's not a moment to react. It's just a moment to become aware and to gather information, okay? But again, picture this as a 10-year-old. You don't know anything about that. So when you're gathering information, that's not even necessarily the time that you find a solution or that you make any decisions. You just become aware and you gather information, okay? So when triggered, here's how you can actually extract or gain wisdom. It's where you're able to be in the moment and not react in the moment. You can be in the moment and you can kind of come up higher and watch yourself in the moment, okay? And the more you start practicing this awareness, the more you start gaining wisdom from your triggers, the more you can apply it in future scenarios and situations that trigger you. Your human life and circumstances will trigger you, okay? So what you can do is you write out 
everything that's going on in a journal, literally. And I know the people that are giving me eye rolls right now about journaling. I was one of them. I get it. But when you actually are writing things down, it is getting out of you what is in you. It's giving you a picture of what is actually happening inside of your soul that otherwise you would be aware of. And this helps you to start seeing patterns in your thinking, patterns in your emotions, patterns of what you've been storing up in your heart, patterns of what you've been believing and programming yourself to operate under, the conditions that you've set up and agreed with. So when you write it all out in a journal, you keep doing that. Get it all out. Like literally, like don't stop yourself. Just flow unhindered until you start to feel peace and calm again. Okay? You don't got to take it out on people. You don't got to lash out. You don't got to make a mess that you got to clean up later. Just write it all. Your journal can take it. All right? Write it all out. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? And how did you get there? And get honest with yourself. A journal is a great place to get honest. And then you can come back to the journal later when you're able to actually read through that and look at it critically. I did something really powerful before this new year. I went through, and it was probably since 2019. I've got journals beyond that, but I went through and I read through these journals. I brought out a highlighter and I started highlighting themes. I started looking at what I was praying into, what I was struggling with, the questions that I was asking God, the things that I was contending for. I observed and looked at it all critically, like years of my life. It is so enlightening. The psychology, the belief, the faith level, it was really amazing, actually. (laughs) So it's a great thing to have with you, right? But you can start to see where you're at. And it's a really beautiful thing. And then encoded in the breakdown of what you write out of you is what you need to know in order to make a breakthrough. When you can see clearly what you're struggling with, when you can see clearly what the giant is, when you can see clearly what the thought errors have been, when you can see where you've been living emotionally day after day after day and decide, do I want to live there still? It empowers you. So as you lean into triggers, you consciously start tracing your steps and you learn to be more emotionally intelligent than you were before. Okay, so I think some people think that, well, some people are just super emotionally intelligent and other people are not. I believe that this is a learned skill. I even think in my own experience, I was somebody that was doomed, (laughs) quite honestly, right? Like I was in an environment where people were not emotionally intelligent, did not know how to communicate, ran from all their problems, worked their way out of them, drank their way out of them. Like we didn't we didn't deal with dysfunction. We didn't deal with toxicity. We just ignored it and pretended it was okay and made bigger problems and perpetuated generational things, right? Not the journey. <laughs> Not the path. So I had a strong need and actually desire to become emotionally intelligent because I saw and experienced the pain of not having the tools, of not having the skills, of not having the maturity and the character to get through hard things. Okay, hard things build strong people. They do, right? When times are easy, that builds weak people. We don't become strong when we we have no reason to be, right? We become strong when we have to be. When life has given us struggle after struggle and challenge after challenge, we have the option (laughs) 
to get stronger to get taken out is basically what happens. So when you are in a highly triggered state, it's because you've established impediments to the flow of life, right? Life is happening for you, okay? And there's a flow to it. There's a rhythm, And God has one too, the pace of grace. That's something that we can align and track with. But often we create impediments to that. We create blocks, we create rifts, we create walls. (laughs) We get in our own way. We sabotage life, okay? And we're never, never, ever, ever meant to be pinned down by hopelessness. The only person that wants you there is the enemy. The things that you struggle with most, this is the truth are the things that you are here to master. Truly, truly. I've really struggled in the areas of identity, in the areas of purpose, like why am I here? Literally, like all this is so nuts. Like why am I here? For real, for real. I've got to know that (laughs) because there's got to be a better meaning to what I'm experiencing. There's got to be something bigger happening here. Why am I here? So identity, purpose, legacy, like literally the imprint that we're making on people's life. Okay? And faith. I've struggled so much with faith. I didn't come from a legacy of that. Like all I knew was fear. That's an awful thing to build with, right? So I had to start learning that these things that I was struggling with most are the things that I was actually here to master. So this is why we talk a lot of how you can transform self-sabotage into self-mastery and revolutionize your world. However, you can't do that apart from God. A lot of people will tell you that you can self-help your way. You can think your way out of it. No, (laughs) you literally need the spirit of God to invade your heart and to help you renew your mind and to help you start producing the fruit of the spirit. We can't have self-control without the spirit of God. We can muster our way, but that's not really self-control. A lot of times it's bullying ourselves, right? So the things you struggle with most are the things that you're here to master. And the blocks that we can't let go of, what these actually are, are coping mechanisms that we developed when we had no other way to deal with whatever the stressor in life was. But those coping mechanisms showed up in that moment. They weren't meant to impede the flow of life and your destiny. But it's time to move on then from all of that. And eventually we hit a tipping point. We start to realize that what I keep doing, these patterns that I keep finding myself in, these no longer serve me and I've had enough. And now I'm willing to look at it and start choosing different. And fear ultimately is what the essence, the core, the root of an impediment is. And it can exist without our mental, it really can exist rather, without our mental entertainment or engagement, right? So the enemy in your life often shows up with smoke and mirrors. He gets you to believe a lie. In no time you've imagined this whole movie of all this stuff and drama that you're freaked out by, all because he just gave you a little seed of a thought. And you ran with it. And now you're all the way over here (laughs) tripping about your future, right? And fear is the essence of that. But the beauty of this is that whole movie in your mind, that whole future trip, that can't exist without your attention, without your entertainment. You entertaining it in your mind is what makes that real for you. You focusing on that thing is what gives it life. You engaging with it, you talking about it, you making it bigger is what allows it to continue to take up space, to take your focus, to take your energy, to zap your momentum and your fuel to move forward. 
When we withdraw the offering of our attention, we decide, nope, my attention is not worthy of that. I'm going to pull it back. We take a thought captive. We begin to find that fear weakens every time we choose not to, to indulge in it. So there's some things that aren't worthy of us indulging in them. You know, it's like when you are, let's say, going to go on a diet. You raid your pantry so that you don't even have the option to choose those things. Then it would be work. You'd have to get in your car. You'd have to drive to the store. You'd have to get the thing. Then you'd have to come back home and then you'd have to enjoy it. That's just work and you're not going to do it. But if it's your pantry, you're in the pantry and you ate the whole thing (laughs) in the matter of minutes, right? So if you want to help yourself, you remove the thing that's the problem. You remove it from your focus. You remove it from your attention. You don't offer your attention to it anymore. And fear weakens every time you choose not to engage it. So here's the thing. What a wound does, because really a trigger is exposing a wound. Okay, a past hurt, a past pain, a past traumatic event. And often it's not those events themselves that are the problem. Yes, they created a problem, but now it's our rehearsing of them. It's our entertainment of them. It's our reliving them over and over and over that really becomes the problem. It's the meaning that we give those things in our life that holds us back. What wounds do is they inspire us to withhold ourselves from living Again, we don't want to live that wound again. So we want to protect ourselves. We want to keep ourselves safe. We want to block ourselves from pain. And what wounds do? They show us that we can actually die before we're dead. We can stop living before we're dead. We can die before we're dead. We can turn a loss that was really just meant to be a lesson into a lifetime of pain where we relive it over and over and over and shame ourselves and guilt ourselves and blame people and build up resentment. One loss turns into a lifetime of pain. We don't even recognize ourselves anymore. We don't even have hope for the future anymore. We can never move on because we never learn to act when we were uncomfortable. That is a superpower, having the courage to actually lean into a trigger and mine it for all it's worth. What is this here to show me? What is the gift that this has to teach me right now? What is the lesson? Because you best believe I'm going to extract it and I'm going to drop what's not necessary and I'm going to move forward with what was. That's wisdom and wisdom is costly. And when you're most afraid, this is what you've got to remind yourself. When we're pressed to release something, to let go of a belief, to let go of a person, to let go of pain, to let go of trauma, to let go of grief, something better is waiting to arrive. And you will never access it unless you are courageous enough to let that thing go. And we have the ability to choose our reality. So for example, all of the things that you used to obsess over, one day, You thought about those things for the very last time and you didn't even know it was the last time. It doesn't even cross your mind anymore. You were able to do that because you kept going one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time. And that's your personal proof that you can change and you can evolve and you can reinterrupt rock bottom and reinterpret it that as a fresh slate. Rock bottom doesn't have to be your bottom. This can be your fresh slate and a launching pad into a beautiful future. 
You choose to make something of the hurt and what you do with it often begins really, really small. Deciding to actually look at a trigger. The things that pose the hardest challenges to you are also the ones you're most meant to overcome and master every time. Your job is not to push through, to act like that didn't happen, to act like you're good. You're good. No, you're not. You're not good. You're not okay. But you will be when you look at it. That's how you pioneer a new way around. The trail you leave behind will inevitably become the guideline you give to other people to do the same, whether you realize it or not. And that is how pain becomes purpose. It's something that you choose courageously. Last year, we did an entire year of monthly masterclasses and challenges. Three-day challenges every month and 60-minute masterclasses. And we hung on. So we not only did a teaching, but then we did lots of coaching around it. And it is so valuable, I cannot even tell you. So 12 masterclasses, 12 challenges. We had 42-plus guest interviews all of the notes, so much wisdom, but these came from triggers, right? Drama in relationships, not not committing to what it is that we know that we should have and could have committed to, right? Perpetuating pain. We went through so many real and relevant topics, divinely inspired and dropped wisdom every month. So that is in our Courage Co. training bundle. If you want to get access to that, it's called the Courage Co. Masterclass. So valuable. You can find it over at www.courageco.com. But that's what we're helping you do. We're helping you choose how to create your reality. What you walk through does not define you. Your story is not you. Your mistakes don't limit you unless you allow them to. So what we're doing is we're giving you the power and the empowerment to walk out the life that you are called to live. So, so powerful. Opportunities, even triggers, have everything to do with whose hand the opportunity is in. God trusted you with that. God knew, kind of like Job. God knew. doesn't matter. The enemy can try for a minute. And even if you look at Job's life, that period of time was actually small. It sounds like it was years of his life. It was actually small. But he endured it, and God gave him double for all of that. God trusted him. He was like, all right, you can try this one. Job, you can try him. You can try him, but don't kill him. This one has my heart. This one is trustworthy. This one will be found faithful. Watch. Go, go, go give him some mess. But watch him come through. He'll come out right like gold, like I've designed him. Right? God trusts us. Think about it that way. The people that don't leap sit back and judge the ones who do. Maybe you've been that person. You know, what is that judgment, that criticism costing you? What is making excuses allowing you to live in? Are you okay with that? You can have excuses or solutions and your destiny is in the latter. You're here to be a solution to problems, (laughs) right? Like God has you here for such a time as this. None of that was random. You could have been here any other time, but he chose you and uniquely formed, shaped, and anointed you to be here right now to solve a problem. There's that problem because he made you the answer. It's hard 
It is painful, but don't let that stop you. Decide to advocate for you and bet on yourself this year all the way through, one day at a time, one step at a time, and one moment at a time. And I'm definitely going to be doing the same running alongside you, okay? So if you haven't listened, I encourage you to go and listen to the street, the three strategies to start your year off strong. It was a really powerful podcast episode. It's episode 358. That's a great thing. If you haven't joined us in Courage Co., Courage Co. is a free community off social media. We've got five different small groups that you can join. They're different days, different times of the week. We have a live kickoff call this Wednesday at 12 p.m. Central Time if you want to meet the leaders and get plugged into a group and do life and fellowship with other people. Really start leaning in to relationship with God and your spirituality and your growth. That's a great way to do it. We've got bi-monthly prayer calls every Wednesday morning. We've got different programs that you can really leap into and dive deep, whether it's the Courage Code training bundle I just mentioned. We've got a 30-day faith walking program. I highly recommend doing that. Put yourself on a prayer and fasting journey and go through that faith walking challenge. I dare you. (laughs) You will come out a different person and you will definitely be equipped to rule and reign in your life. We had so much powerful teaching happen in there. So that's a great place to start. We've got a VIP mastermind, which we just call this Holy Spirit Boot Camp. Man, when you leap into that thing, you do not come out the same. God starts breaking off your life, what's not supposed to be there, and he starts accelerating you into your destiny. So powerful. That is a sacred community. We do have a life coach certification as well. There's so much goodness over there that you can get plugged into. So go check it out, www.couragecoach.org. The other piece of encouragement that I have. That was just one. (laughs) That was just one. But the other piece that I have, this is really interesting. Okay. And it's, it's an encouragement for the doers of the world, the people that try to perform their way into blessings. I got a word for you. And the word is this, if God delights in you, that's enough for the fight in front of you. I need you to hear me. If God delights in you, that's enough for the fight in front of you. We try to make it about reading our Bible. We try to make it about our obedience. We try to make it about if I just do enough righteous works, then I'll be worthy. No, if God delights in you, that's enough for the fight in front of you. So it's not your righteousness. God says our righteousness is like filthy rags. It's not your performance. God doesn't need your performance or your works. It's not your rationalizing. It's not your practical spirituality. That's not how you're going to win this fight. You'll win this one simply because the Lord delights in you. So my encouragement right at the jump of this year, do not settle for safe. Don't settle for comfort zones. Don't settle for what you can practically do because that ain't faith. Don't settle for trauma because you dropped your boldness. A lot of times we get comfortable and familiar with trauma, even when we know it's killing us. Nothing about that is supernatural or miraculous. And all of it can sabotage your destiny. Repent and get back on track. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, you've never seen somebody walk this out before. Yes, you've never been nurtured into it. Yes, it's scary and you don't think you have what it's required. You don't think you have it. All of those things don't disqualify you. They qualify you and you have what it takes. You're walking with God. In the kingdom, less is more. You hear all these people talking about more in 2024. I don't know who those people are. I don't know if that's even a direct word from the Lord. (laughs) I would actually encourage you to question that too. 
But in the kingdom, less is more. Less is more. Narrow is the way. Commit to God, not the collective. Follow the curated path that he has laid out before you. That's where your blessings are. That's where the things that are on your life start to flourish. He curated that path. He designed it uniquely for you. So ask God, God, how can I delight you today? I just want you to be pleased with me. I want to be what you delight in. Show me your glory. It says in Psalm 18, 19, he brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he was pleased with me and he delighted in me. Psalm 18, 19. Okay. And lastly, what I got for you, I want you to think about this year really, really, really (laughs) think about it and apply wisdom. We are to hate what God hates. Okay. This is not hating people for the record, but we are to hate what God hates and love what God loves. So I really want to encourage you to think about that. Think about that in terms of what you entertain, what you allow to have access to you, what you offer your attention to. This is a big deal as you are leaning into 2024, okay? So I thought I might review with you just briefly today six things that God hates, okay? Brutal but powerful. And you really want to assess, am I operating in any of these? Am I in relationship with people that are doing this? and operating this way? And how might this get me in trouble? Something that I shared that I do is I read a proverb a day. Okay, I encourage you to do that. That's the book of wisdom, (laughs) right? Like Solomon, which is really interesting when you think about him, he was known as the wisest, you know? However, he went on this path to abandon wisdom and see if he could find it in other places. He wanted to see if he could find it. I think he had a thousand wives, something crazy. He wanted to see if he could find it in women. He wanted to see if he could find it in things. He wanted to see if he could find it somewhere else. But he found that you can't, right? Like he didn't have a good end because of that, okay? But from reading Proverbs, you can actually glean wisdom from the mistakes and missteps of somebody else. Thank you, Solomon. (laughs) Yes, please. I would like to not make those same mistakes, okay? So in Proverbs 6, if you want to go back and read this on your own time, there's actually, I'll call them fool traps, okay? And you don't want to be a fool. That's what when I read Proverbs, I keep thinking of. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, could I be a fool here? (laughs) Could I, like, am I being a fool? Like, is this me? Like, you want to make sure that you're not the fool. You don't want to be a silly woman. You don't want to be somebody without wisdom. You don't want to be somebody that is naive to what the enemy's doing. You don't want to give him too much airtime, period. But you want to be wise and discerning. Get wisdom. And the beginning of the wisdom is get wisdom. (laughs) Right? So here are six things that God hates, all right? God hates a proud look because what's behind pride in this proud look that somebody might demonstrate, again, test the spirits to know what they're of. Pay attention to who is around you. A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. I worked with people like that. I've been in relationship with people like this. It is devastating and massively destructive. Soul crushing, heartbreaking, devastating, okay? 
A proud look is a spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. This took Saul out. Okay? God hates that. He hates a proud look. He hates the spirit behind that. He hates a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. To me, this is, you know, at the core of narcissism. You know, specifically, we've talked about, I've experienced uh, a few times, narcissistic abuse, right? So when you become familiar with that, one of the main things operating there are lies. People can make lying a full-time job. They could be doing something deceitful in front of you. Like you could be watching them do something deceitful in front of you. You can ask them about it. Like, what are you doing? They'll be like, I don't know. (laughs) Nothing. You're like, really? Like I'm watching you. And they can still lie straight to your face about what they're doing in front of you. You could have video footage of them doing something crazy and deceitful and they would still deny it. People are great at doing this. Okay. There are professional liars and you have to be wise and discerning. God hates a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. People that are liars can't be trusted. That makes sense, right? Like they make that their life and they will lead you astray. They will lead you straight into their darkness and into their destruction and the traps that they've laid out. God also hates a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. It's all it's doing all day. And think about this, a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. What are you thinking about? What are you meditating on day and night? Planning wicked things, right? And plans, deceitful ways to get ahead, cut corners, lie, cheat, steal, whatever it is. God hates a heart that manufactures that. If you read even in Genesis, the world started to look like that, you know, starting with Adam and Eve when the snake, the serpent deceived Eve and then Adam, you know, right? That whole thing went on. Their whole (laughs) generation after them, God regretted that he made mankind and he wiped it out, right? He had Noah make an ark and all the things. So God hates a heart that all it's doing, it's, it's prideful, it's lying, it's manufacturing all these wicked thoughts and plans. You need to hate that too. And you don't need to have people close to you that are capable of that. Because they will make you double-minded too. Feet that are swift to run to evil. Dangerous. Watch what people do, not what they say. God hates feet that are swift to run to evil. Right? It's, you know, sometimes when you think about a criminal, let's say, if you just put all of that beautiful God-given imagination and energy towards the good plans and purposes that are connected to your life, you would be wildly effective and wouldn't have to suffer all these massive consequences. But you get to choose life or death, right? You get to build or destroy. You get to choose that. But feet that are swift and running to evil, you can't build with people that have feet like that. These people are not walking with their shoes of peace. (laughs) They don't know the spirit of God. They're definitely not consumed by it. God also hates a false witness that breathes out lies. A hypocrite. The Bible, actually, I was reading in the Amplified version the other day. It calls a person like this a play actor. (laughs) 
I was so entertained by that, right? Like they're great actors. That's all they're doing. They're they're acting whatever they need to present. They act and morph and, and they become chameleons for their own personal gain. Whatever they got to be, whatever they got to say, whatever lies they got to breathe out, they will do it shamelessly, unapologetically, with no remorse. They have no empathy, so they don't even care who's in their wake and the mess they're making. You've got to be wise because a false witness breathes out lies. And these witnesses can be at pulpits. These witnesses can be in the church. These witnesses can be your boss. These witnesses can be everywhere. These witnesses could be counselors. These witnesses could be coaches. You have to be wise and discerning. You've got to. Here's what happens. The Bible is clear. It says calamity comes suddenly for these people and you can come into calamity too by being connected to them and walking intimately with them. There is no partnership with darkness. There's not. Misplaced mercy. Here's how we end up here. Misplaced mercy and toxic empathy will get you into a mess. Meaning you can just empathize so much with somebody. You can put them yourself in their shoes. You can overlook their faults to a fault. You can really look past all of the red flags or color them a different color to make it safe for you, right? Toxic empathy. You can keep giving them the benefit of the doubt. You can keep giving them all this time. No, that's actually not wisdom or misplaced mercy. You can be doing things that actually get you in trouble that God's not telling you to do. You can enable people to destroy you. That's not God. You've got to follow a path of wisdom and you'll be protected when you do. So wisdom will foolproof you. <laughs> it will give you revelation and transformation. And when we seek wisdom anywhere other than directly from God, we end up with bad teaching and corruption and usually a lot of painful lessons. You know, not fun. Okay, so here's some, some examples of this. Sometimes your mercy will get you into a mess. You have to know the difference between what is the spirit of God and what is the soul. You know, what are just these, the soul described in the Bible? It's your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions, right? When we're just living on emotion, we're in big trouble. When we're just living on every thought that we think in our mind, we're in trouble, right? You've got to know what's just a soulish thing. That's where soul ties come from. These ungodly connections and partnerships come from a soul tie, from emotional abuse and manipulation and control, right? Now you're all caught up in a soul tie. This does not even have to be sexual. It could just be mental, psychological warfare, emotional abuse, right? Now you're all caught up in a soul tie. There is no partnership. I cannot not say this again. There's no partnership with darkness. Misplaced mercy and toxic empathy will get you into a mess. But when you follow the path of wisdom, you'll be protected. She will be like your bodyguard is what the Passion Translation says. So for example, just to, to see how this plays out, Misplaced mercy could look like this. We help someone who's unwilling to help themselves. We overextend. We give our resource to somebody that squanders it. And now we're resentful. Now we're bitter. Now we're in a hole ourselves, right? And it's difficult to help someone if you want their breakthrough more than they do. 
But how often does that happen? And a lot of times this happens between parents and kids, or this could happen in dysfunctional relationships. This this can happen. This could happen between siblings. This can happen anywhere in work environments. It's difficult to help someone if you want their breakthrough more than they do. You've got to be wise and discerning about that. If you're working harder on someone's breakthrough than they are, you're probably wasting your time. I've actually never seen that turn out good. Whenever somebody is working harder for somebody else's breakthrough, they get disappointed. They get disillusioned. They get frustrated. They get angry. They get bitter. They get resentful. They don't look and become God's version of them. Okay? They don't become happy through that. If you're working harder on someone's breakthrough than they are, you're wasting your time. Don't assume everyone else's debt. The Bible tells us not to take on bad debt. It tells us that. There's usually another way to be generous, to bless, to serve, to come alongside somebody without enabling them. Okay? And we've got to be wise and discerning about what that is. You're not going to be guilted into doing things that God's not leading you to do. You've got to have wisdom. Misplaced mercy will have you in a mess. Okay? Another example of this, there's like this missionary dating. I'll just call it that as a term where, you know, we're out here dating to bring somebody to the Lord. We're out here dating, uh, waiting on somebody's transformation. (laughs) We're out here dating, waiting on the potential to finally show up, right? And a lot of people date, a lot of people date, even young people. This is starting really early, unfortunately. A lot of people date because they see peop- they see potential in somebody. They see what's possible, okay? And I had to learn this early, even just through coaching, right? Not everybody wants to explore their potential. Not everybody cares about it, actually. <laughs> Some people have zero desire to change. And you've got to see that. You've got to discern that. And here's why. You are a lot smarter and a lot more prophetic than you think. When you marry somebody, you marry the person that is now, not the person you see or that they can be in the future. That's the lie. Because just like God can send a person into your life to transform your life in the best way, the enemy can send a person in your life to transform your life in the worst way and destroy your future. And you best believe that that's what he's after. When you marry the person that they could be, with change and with transformation rather than who they are now, rather than their patterns, their character, their decisions, their integrity, or lack thereof now, you fall in love with a fantasy of their future rather than the fact of their now, okay? That is very, very dangerous, actually. What happens then is you're gambling. You're gambling, like could be great, could be awful, and most of the time it's awful. That's not being prophetic. It's being pathetic, actually. Here's why. Prophetic vision, right? Prophetic revelation, even a prophetic word with pathetic application is not wisdom. And especially if a prophetic vision is about a relationship, that also is dependent on decisions that two people make, not just one. Okay, there's free will involved here. You're not dating in this instance, you're gambling. So you're gambling on all the decisions this person would need to make to be a responsible, wise steward. And right now, they're showing you they're a fool. 
They'll get over it. They'll grow up. They'll mature. Okay, if you want to run with them, who are you going to become partnering with that? Is that what God is saying? Is that where God led you? If you get out, Proverbs 6, no. (laughs) It's not, actually, right? Really, really, really heed the wisdom here, okay? You're gambling on a future that could be. If this fool, right, this person that's acting without the spirit, the wisdom of God, right, chooses the pathway of wisdom, that's not a wise thing to do. It's an if. This person might not ever choose it. You only enter into a covenant with someone who is not who they can become. Okay, so meaning, yes, we all have potential. We're all going to be growing. We're all going to be evolving. There's no perfect human. So that's not what I'm saying here. But what I am saying here is you have to like and accept and appreciate and respect the person you see now, not who they could be. Because the person you like, appreciate, and expect, they're going to grow and evolve too. And that's likely somebody that you can build with. But somebody that's acting foolishly, when that's not what you value and that's not what you're choosing, you're you're unequally yoked. Not even like believer, unbeliever. You're just unequally yoked in character and integrity and excellence and mindset and belief set in decisions, in the work that's actually required to receive the promise, to inherit the promise. You can't build with everyone and you definitely can't build with a fool, okay? They will squander your life. They will cause you to be double-minded. So you only enter into a covenant with someone who, with who someone is, not who they can become. When you partner with the fool, you live with all the grievous consequences of that. Get on the wisdom track this year, okay? Get in step with God and run at the pace he has for you. The pace of grace that's on your life. What other people's capacity is, what they're running in, is none of your business. It is not any of your business. Get your eyes off of their lane and focus on yours. Stay in your lane this year. Wisdom will foolproof your life. It will give you revelation. It will give you transformation. And when we seek wisdom... Anywhere other than directly from God, we end up with bad teaching and corruption. My encouragement is for you to live foolproofed in 2024. You can read Proverbs 6 to identify and become well aware of the four fool traps that are there (laughs) and boundaries that wisdom would tell you that you should put into place. But in general, how can you lean in this year? How can you partner with God in a very real and radical way for you this year? How can you really develop, deeply root yourself, anchor yourself in truth so that you can rise up and take the territory, take the land that you're here to take? You've got to work your lane. You can't do somebody else's work for them. You can't get all caught up in somebody else's business. You've got to get into your business and you need wisdom. We cannot do this in our own thinking, leaning on our own understanding, trying to figure it out. We can't get caught up in our emotions and be easily swept to and fro the minute any sort of storm comes. That's not how we're going to build. That's not how we're going to advance. That's not how we're going to have this year that's suddenly different than other years. You need different thinking to get different results. And this comes often by revelation and wisdom. When you understand the ways of God, when you're moved by the spirit of God, when you're depending on the direction of God, you end up in the places he designed for you. And when you run from that, when you ignore that, you end up in places he never intended for you. 
He is with you. He is for you. And he has good plans. But you've got to trust that. You've got to do the work. You can't run from it. The more you run from it, you're just adding more pain and you're wasting more time that you don't have to waste. Let this be the year that you foolproof your life. Be encouraged. Learn from your triggers. Embrace them. Don't reject them. You're here to master what they have to show you. Master it. Master it now. There's no better time than now. Then start looking at how you can evolve. What's going to make your year different this year? What's going to make it different? Know that it's not your performance. It's not all these works. It's you coming back home to God. This year, if God delights in you, that's enough for the fight in front of you. You don't go into any fight by yourself. That's a game-changing strategy. You're on the winning team. Don't get off it. (laughs) Don't count yourself out. And apply wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Whatever you've got to do to support yourself, do it. Get therapy. Get coaching. Get in community. Right? Wisdom comes in a multitude of counselors. Get around people that can support you and keep you accountable to the changes that you do want to make in your life. Stop rehearsing pain. Stop reliving the trauma. Stop punishing yourself for something in the past. Put it in God's hands and trust him with this beautiful future that he has for you. Your latter shall surely be greater than your former, but you get to decide if that's true for you. God said it. Does that settle it for you? You decide that. My encouragement for you, join us in Courage Co. This could be the community that can come alongside you and support you. Invest in yourself. You never regret that. You are your greatest investment. Let this be the year that you advocate for you and that you go after all God has assigned a purpose for you. All right. And if you need help, you know where to find us. We've got all sorts of resources here in the show notes. I do have a few, a few spots left on my calendar here for the first quarter. So if you want to claim one of those spots to work together coaching one-on-one, you can email my team info at julianapage.com and just put coaching with Juliana in the subject line and we'll get you all the details and see if that's a fit for you in this season. But I am rooting for you. I am running alongside you. And I hope this message blessed you. Until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else, 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. 
embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.